walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody, settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, and this art is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah. Ooh, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Apron Bump Podcast. I'm your host, the hardest part of the ring, also known as Kyle. And man, oh man, we got something special for you today, folks. Ring of Honor, Do or Die, 2003. So uh, if you've been listening to my past couple uh, Ring of Honor shows, uh, you'll know that I've been covering you know, multiple shows and all encompassed in one episode. Reason being is because uh, there'll be multiple shows in a month. So if that's something that occurs, we'll kind of take a more general look at both shows and kind of just fudge pack it all into one episode but in this case the month of may only one show barely it's like the 31st of may uh do or die 2003 and that you know what man it's definitely a show it deserves its own episode because man we got fucking john walters we got iceberg uh slim j who weirdly just appeared on AEW dark uh <laughs> But uh, no, but there's actually a lot, a lot of good stuff on this show. Uh, I mean, the main takeaway, of course, if you've seen the, uh, the DVD cover, <laughs> uh, the main event, you have Samoa Joe defending against Homicide. And uh, man, I covered a, a show a little while back where these guys first met in Ring of Honor. And I remember back at the, at the time, I was like, I was kind of disappointed with that match. But man, this match, I was not <laughs> disappointed. This is legitimately one of the best uh, ROH matches I've covered so far. So really good shit there. I got a lot of CM Punk on this show as well. Uh, both, you know, got he's got promos in the ring. He's on commentary for half the show and he's got two matches. So if you don't like CM Punk, this probably isn't the one for you. Uh, <laughs> we got a lot of furthering of the uh, pure division. On this show as well, there's a lot of names. Like if you like look at the card of this show, it's a lot of like, what the fuck is that guy? But like watching the show, and we'll talk about why this is. But man, a lot of great wrestling. Even but from names that I haven't heard of or haven't really seen much of, I was very impressed with uh, a lot of the stuff on this show. And it's very clear Ring of Honor is starting to figure things out. I kind of say that every episode, but they really do. As each month goes on, they kind of fine-tune certain things like now you got multiple divisions like the tag team division is starting to really heat up you got the pure division which really feels like something separate from the you know the world title division kind of like the x division feels like a like a different 
compartment within TNA. The pure division is starting to feel like that already. There's not even a title yet. Lots of got lots of new guys coming in, including two uh, major debuts on this show. The uh, elite hunter, <laughs> Frankie Kazarian. And Jimmy Rave, really, really nice to see Jimmy Rave, of course, of the recent passing of Jimmy. So it was, it was cool to take a look back at some of the uh, some of the good old days and really rem remember why he was so uh, inspirational to a lot of wrestlers nowadays and why he was so good here. So really cool to see Jimmy Rave appear on this show and he'll have a much bigger presence in later in later years. But uh Cool debut here, and especially when he's in the ring with guys like Punk and Daniels, who, by the way, those two, CM Punk, Christopher Daniels, they have a little interaction. And I don't know if they've really interacted at all yet <laughs> in, uh, in Ring of Honor. Two biggest heels, so really interesting stuff there. You got storyline elements with the prophecy and the various factions. You got Special K, all the stuff you love to hear about from Ring of Honor. You got people with thumbtacks in their face. You got people jumping off buildings. There's a lot, you know, just the normal run-of-the-mill wrestling stuff is what I'm getting at. But, uh, yeah, really fun show today. And no better person to join in on the fun than Mr. Warren Hayes from the Mr. Warren Hayes Wrestling Show. You can check out Mr. Warren Hayes on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts talks about the wrestling hopefully you're a fan of that and otherwise i don't know why you're listening to this um, but yeah it was, it was fun talking to warren i've had him on previously uh his he, his show is great he gets into a lot of the more kind of other topics you don't really hear everybody talking about like some of the independent stuff gcw's the the the, the new japan's of the world gets, gets into a lot of interesting topics especially now you know with the g1 climax kicking off He's doing a lot of coverage of that. So now is the perfect time to jump on the jump on Warren's train, so to speak. Chugga chugga. So uh, go check him out. All his info in the description below. Check me out. Why don't you? Apronbump.com for all my full episodes. And hey, maybe you're just jumping on. Maybe it's the first time you're listening to the old hardest part of the ring. Well, if you like this, if you like old school Ring of Honor, Go to apronbump.com, go to the episodes tab, select ROH, and I'll bring you to all of the Ring of Honor shows that I've covered thus far. I started from the very beginning and have moved chronologically uh, up until now, May of 2003. So uh, do that. Subscribe to the YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, why don't you give this old joker a like, bing, right there. I think it's right there. Or is it mirrored? I don't know how cameras work. Uh, but do that. Um... Oh, wait, hold on. <clears throat> uh, do that or die that. The show is called Do or Die. <clears throat> Ring of Honor, Do or Die 2003 with myself and Mr. Warren Hayes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you 100%. Exactly. But no, it's fine. You excited for Flair, uh, Flair's last match now? Did it, did, did it make Ooh. you... Is is Jeff Jarrett making you buy the paint now? <laughs> is, is, I, look, is I don't know. Big... You know what's funny? Some well, I was reading because people were speculating on who it would be. I saw somebody say, "What if it's Charlotte as his opponent?" Yeah. <laughs> that I think that's the only thing that would have made me intrigued enough to buy the pay per view. Pro I agree. That would have been that would have been something. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Well, uh... For some reason, a lot of people thought it was going to be AJ Styles. I don't know where that came from. 
Well, Flair tweeted I, something about it coming from WWE, and I don't know, because AJ's like a, I don't know. I don't know why. I guess they have history right. in TNA a little bit, and AJ is like an sure, easy guy. Sure. Like, you and, you and me could have a good match with AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, it would make true. sense in that way. But it is what, you know, it could be worse. Jay Lethal, Jeff Jarrett. Oh, no, with, I uh, mean, it, with Andrade in the mix, of course it could be worse. It yeah. could absolutely be worse. <laughs> I was kind of morbidly <laughs> you know? curious to see him have like a singles match and just kind of see like how it went. But, you know, it makes sense. Yes, it does. Well, maybe, maybe his last, last match in a couple of years will be yeah, a singles I mean, match. This is like his fourth last match. <laughs> At this point, it's like, yeah, OK, probably, but probably not, yeah, too. So, yeah, exactly. There's a, they, you know, never say never. Never say never. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with the flare ski. Man, well, no Ric Flair on this show. Um, Probably some worse people, but some better people. A Uh, couple of worse. A couple of worse. (laughs) Yes. Man, I can't. uh, A a certain Iceman I can't wait to talk about. Mm. But uh, yeah, do or die 2003, man. Did you get a chance to watch the show? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you you, you strike me as an ROH fellow. Did, Did you watch ROH back in the day? Aha. Well, uh, you are about to be deceived for oh, no, no. I, uh, oh, no, 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 no. Well, not not in early 2000s and, and so on and so forth. Not right. not that far back. Not that far back. Um, I, you know, I was I was, uh, you know, a a a, a message board uh, uh, aficionado. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I hung up. I hung out on a lot of those. So, you know, I'd keep up with the Ring of Honor stuff. I saw people were really getting excited and into it and you know like I had dipped my toes into tape trading a few years previous but you know when you do something it's like okay no this ain't for me kind of thing you know so it's like I Mm. probably could have that's probably how I could have got it because up here where where I was situated in Canada like you know we were I I I always considered ourselves to be lucky to even get nitro you know right so (laughs) (laughs) I I had never seen any ring of uh, ECW stuff until it started you know God bless you, LimeWire, you know, kind of things. Yeah. Like that's how that's how I started to be able to see some stuff. Um, but other than that, no, like I can't say, like I'm not the biggest Ring of Honor nerd. I've obviously went back to watch some key moments, key matches, mm. some some pay-per-views, so on and so forth. But, you know, no, I'm not, uh, I wouldn't say I'm well-versed in the lore in and about itself. Right. Yeah, I'm kind of similar to you, like especially because I didn't I started watching like live ish, like in the late 2000s. I didn't watch back the, back at this time period. But like you, I've seen some key moments. And I know some of the history. I know a lot of the champions and stuff like that and some of the storylines. But for the most part, I'm watching this with fresh eyes, which, and, is, and, uh, and, which and, is fun. Absolutely. And it's crazy because, you know, when you do look, go back and you, you do look at stuff, you're like, you know, all these people like you still know. <laughs> At least, let's say, 65 to 70% of them, you know who these people are. Most mm-hmm. of them are still wrestling, you know, and especially as you move forward towards, you know, towards the end of the aughts and into the 2010s, then, you, then, then you're then you like, okay, well, these are the stars of today that I'm watching oh, yeah. right now, you know? So it's, it's, it's wild for that. Yeah, even more wild when you consider this weekend we have a Ring of Honor pay-per-view on our hands mm-hmm. and literally on that ROH pay-per-view there are a lot of people from this ROH show 20 years ago that are on that pay-per-view <laughs> which is <laughs> which is man. crazy but you know yeah. here's something here's something that you know I don't think really gets 
put out there enough because uh, you, what you just said here, right, mm-hmm. in in the nineties, let's say eighties, nineties, that would be unthinkable for guys to have 20, 25, 30 year careers, yeah. right, for multiple reasons, um, and you know, it, it, you know, I'm not, and I'm not just talking about you know the toll that the business takes on your body. I'm also talking about you know the substance abuse and so on and so forth. You know, the mm-hmm. the way that the way that um, medical science in regards to uh, sports, how much that's evolved and has allowed wrestlers, well, you know, athletes of all endeavors, right? But wrestlers as well have been able to benefit from, you know, knowledge and, and advances in medical, uh, yeah. in, in medical science to, to extend their career. So it's great that, you know, despite the fact that you got, you know, CM Punk on this card in 2003, and mm-hmm. okay, he's not going to be at the Ring of Honor show, but he's, you know, all right, okay, he had a seven-year break. Sure. <laughs> I but, mean, he's the AEW champion now, so. Exactly. See, that's the, that's the point. That's still, and, and, you know, not, and not a champion. Like, I, you know, when I was watching this and a guy was in his 40s and 50s being a champion, it was Hulk Hogan. And everyone was pulling right. their hair out of their head. I was like, what the hell are you doing? He can't go anymore. CM Punk mm-hmm. can still go, not like not like in 2003, but he can still work a proper match. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's that's really cool to see, nonetheless. Yeah, for sure. And CM Punk, he was never particularly like. I don't want to say he's not athletic because he is, but he's he's always kind of clunky a little bit, and so it's kind of like as he progresses, what? you know, he's you don't really see that world. deterioration. He's the best in the world. What are you talking I mean, about? I would say I, Iceberg's I've, the best that's what in the world, told. but. <laughs> here we go no but but no i agree with you look you know he's he's not like one of these well i look we're we're probably going to talk about a match here between two guys uh on this card here which was you know your you know your your work rate match right where it's like mm-hmm. you know this is for the work rate nerds you know <laughs> but but you you know that's not what CM Punk was about, right? CM Punk was, you know, he wasn't necessarily a work rate guy. He could go, you know, as you said, very athletic, so on and so forth. But his, uh-huh. you know, his gimmick was never really like to start start going all Brian Danielson on someone, you know? That wasn't his thing. Right. It was never his thing. He was invested in his character. His character carried a lot of the weight and the drama of a match. Yeah, for sure. And that there's, in Ring of Honor at this point, I mean, there's not a lot of, promo guys so to speak but uh god <laughs> with the amount of time that they had for promos on this card though you'd think they thought that though yeah jesus look look they're trying something well we'll get into I, it as, as we roll down the car but god I can bless them the attempt you, you, you can't you miss all the shots you don't miss or whatever the fuck the saying is it's true now hang on this is this is canadian legend untouchable canadian legend wayne gretzky that is credited for this for this uh 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 uh, uh saying you miss 100 percent mm. of the shots you don't take i think it was shaquille o'neal but anyway no! <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just kidding i watch cricket too um but the show opens up and um <laughs> well Man, God, talking about promos. So this show is shot out of a cannon with uh, Julius Smokes. You familiar with Julius Smokes at all? Not really. Well, no. well, well now you are. Now I am. So, yes. So, <laughs> it's a homicide promo, really, and uh, his buddy Julius Smokes is behind him. 
And uh, the main event of this show, of course, Homicide is uh, challenging for the ROH title against Smojo. Uh, and so Homicide's cutting a promo. You know how it is. I was from the streets. Now I've worked my way here for the wrestling for a world title, that whole thing. Um, it's kind of a whatever promo, but you have Julia Smokes in the background. Like, is his, he has a hype man for a promo, which I think is that should be done more often. Just a guy yelling things in the background when people are cutting promos. Just just, just repeating lines, right? Just yeah, like saying, saying out loud, saying your last line out loud. Yeah, absolutely. Right. <laughs> That's it. You know, it's exactly like like you said, you know, that, that'd be something you, we should be we should bring back in wrestling. And I'd be in the background. That's something we should be bringing back in wrestling. Yeah. See, how about you could just be my hype man. You don't even need to say anything. You'll just repeat my words. I'll just repeat your words. Okay, I hate that. Actually, don't do that anymore. <laughs> um, we're not all Julia Smokes. There's a, no, apparently no, there no. is an art to it. It, it. There is an art to it, absolutely. See, I wasn't just repeating your lines. It was I was actually agreeing with you. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. You, you just can't cut. You're in a hole now and you can't come out of it. Well, <laughs> there's also an art to uh, getting high, apparently, because we got uh, the Special K backstage. I'm sorry. They're not high. They're his eye mm-hmm. because we got it's it has like a camera shot. And in the corner, it has deranged. Are you his eye cam? The letter mm-hmm. R, the letter U, his eye cam. And I assume this is a camera uh, you know, catching special K being high and such it's, on the marijuanas. It, it, it's it's a it's a terrible vlog. What we're <laughs> saying, like in 2022 parlance, this is a. Uh-huh. Shit vlog. What we're being, what we're being, uh, uh, and you know what? I was looking at, I was looking at Special K, right? Uh-huh. Like the stable in and about itself. There's like, you know, people always bitch about the NWO, you know, but Special K had like 20 million people in that. They, too. they just keep fucking adding people, man. I'm telling you, I'm watching these shows. They doubles every every time, all the time. And is is Jay Lethal the only guy who made it out who actually had a career out of like? Like a a proper career because he was known he was known as Hydro, uh-huh. in, in, yes, in, in Special K, right? Um, was he the only guy who actually made it out? As far, I mean, he's death by far that had the biggest career coming out of it. Um, I mean, there was a couple of guys still wrestling on the Indies, and it's funny. I actually just earlier today saw that special or um, Slim J appeared on. I think it was Dark. He apparently is at a stable. Mm-hmm. With Parker Bordeaux, Arya Davari, and it's Slim J. It's like, what the hell is that? And, and 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 it's crazy because I'm looking at Slim J in this match where we're going to talk about. He's like, what? He just turned 18, something yes. like that. Like he's he's a he's a literal kid, you know. Mm-hmm. And now he's <laughs> I can't. Did it air? Well, I don't know. Look, I'll, I can't wait to see that because that feels like a a. One of these beautiful train wrecks. I'm really excited <laughs> to see it. I'm very good. He looked the same. But I mean, like you said right here, I mean, he's literally 18 in like a week at this point. So what was this, 20 years ago? So yeah, he's but, you know, he still has the same stupid uh, visor, upside down visor and wife beater. and all well, that. Right. So. Look, yeah, well, I mean, he's, uh, you know, maybe if we cross our fingers, maybe he and Jay Lethal will rekindle mm. special K in the in Tony Khan's vision of Ring of Honor. Wow. That's one can only hope. Bring back the Raver girls. <laughs> that's that's crazy that that's like 
a legit possibility. Like even like a silly, like a BTE thing at least. Like have them, you know, sure. meet backstage. Bring Hydro back. <laughs> Can you imagine Hydro? You know, he goes back. Wouldn't that be great though? Like he's still stuck. Like an early, an early Ring of Honor. So he sees Jay Lethal and he starts calling him Hydro. And, you know, he pulls uh -huh. out the glow sticks and, all, you know, and he's and Lethal's like, yeah, man, that was like, you know, 30 years ago at this point, you know, 25 <laughs> years ago. Be, it's literally going to be me and you that get that reference. Everybody else can be like, what the hell is this guy? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, well, more, more on Slim Jay later. Don't you worry, folks. But, um. The opening match here, we got Danny Moff versus mm. BJ Whitmer. So we got uh, Danny Moff, formerly Mafia of the Hit Squad. Are you familiar with the Hit Squad at all by any chance? A little, yes. Mm -hmm. they, had, they, had a, they had a short ish run. It was mainly 2002. But uh, Moff has just recently uh, he broke up with his partner of the Hit Squad and has joined the Prophecy, which is Christopher Daniels' group. So it's Daniels, Moff, a guy named Donovan Morgan, uh, Allison Danger, and Xavier, who I think is still around. He just recently yes. lost the title. Mm -hmm. um, so Danny Moth, this is actually his first singles match, I think, in Ring of Honor. I think they mentioned that. Uh, but before we actually get into the match, got to note that CM Punk is on commentary. He's on commentary for roughly half the show, maybe a little bit more, until he wrestles. He's uh, So it's him and... Uh, Chris Lovey, a.k.a. Gabe Sapolsky. I don't know if you caught that or not. What did what, mm -hmm. you, you think of the commentary on this show? Gabe's a little Gabe's a little rough, right? He's Gabe's fucking a little... awful. He's the worst thing <laughs> in America. Gabe's a little rough. It wasn't his thing, you know. Uh, I was no. entertained by CM Punk because yes. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how much of a shoot it was at at some you know, yes. in some circumstances you know um but look sapolsky is terrible like he's he's legitimately terrible and you know there's a couple of times where cm punk is like well what do you think you know uh, about well, okay, uh, right like i think it's even in this match mm -hmm. right he calls gabe calls a suplex right and and cm punk goes well it's a suplex but what kind of suplex is it? And he says, uh -huh. oh, you're putting me on the spot. Uh, I couldn't tell. And CM Punk just says, it's an exploder suplex. <laughs> That's all I see. <laughs> Do you think Punk's been listening to the commentary from the previous shows? He's like, this, this motherfucker doesn't know any names. This kid to sucks. Moves. He's never going to make it. <laughs> uh, this company's the shits, probably what old Phil thought. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then and then in the beginning of the match... They show a little graphic of the top five rankings yes. in Ring of Honor. So we got, of course, Homicide number one. Uh, mm -hmm. Then two is Christopher Daniels. Three is Paul London. Four is Loki. Five is CM Punk. What do you? Uh, what's your opinion? What's your opinion on rankings in pro wrestling? <laughs> oh boy, are we going down a rabbit hole? No, but that's the thing. Like, look on it. Look, here's the thing. All right, like, uh, you know. It, uh, I enjoy rankings because I think they're fun, right? Uh -huh. And I think that the moment that people start taking them too seriously is when they become less fun because it's uh, there's all a, there's all a bit of kayfabe. And look, I'm on right. I'm on the I'm on the committee for the PWI's Women's One Fifty. You know, mm. rank like that's 
you know, that's a rank. It's rankings right there. So I can't sit here and be like, rankings stink. Because they don't. It's fun. And it's interesting yeah. to, you know, just have a discussion and think about it. Because ultimately, that's what it is. It's a discussion. Now, when you start bringing it into, you know, here are the top five of, of the division. And, you know, we're seeing a lot of discussion around that with AEW these days as well, mm -hmm. right? Yep. You know, I think I think there's too much weight. I, I, there's too much weight that's put into it. Right. Yeah. I also think that if you're going to implement them in your in your storylines, when it's over, like do it, you know, commit to it. Yeah, I agree. It's it's definitely like because like you said, you could take it too seriously. You can look at it too literally and it will just ruin the whole experience for you. But at the same mm -hmm. time, you know, every once in a while, there'll be a match, let's say Dynamite, because they do the rankings. Sometimes it'll be like, oh, number two and number three are wrestling. Now, if there weren't rankings. It would just be two random Jamokes wrestling and, you know, who the fuck cares? But now it's number sure. two, number three. No, now, oh, man, this has some some significance to it, at least because, like you say, it's kayfabe at the end of the day, no matter if it's rankings or no rankings. So it doesn't really matter too much. But I think, you know, if it's in the background, you know, they they and they, you know, play, they have matches that were that affect the rankings and then the rankings affect go. things. Doesn't need to be a hundred percent of the time. It doesn't need, you know, sometimes a guy that's not in the top five can get a title shot. That's fine. It's wrestling. You know, people have sex with corpses and get buried alive in wrestling. Like, we don't need to, you know, take it too scientific, you know? It, it's it's a double-edged sword when it comes to using that in your in your storylines on, a, you know, in your promotion, I think. Because there's going to be people who are going to hang on to that to dear life and say, why mm -hmm. is X getting a shot when Y has is number one, you know, for whatever um but 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 it is like you mentioned it is a very interesting device because if you're just having number two and number three fighting for the number one spot on the rankings that's cool it just gives a reason for the match to happen right yeah no harm in that no um so we got danny moffra's bj whitmer here to open the show we got uh, the first thing i noticed is uh so they got some new guardrails out there ring of honor does because before this they literally to call it a chain link fence would be generous. It was just <laughs> strands of metal before that did nothing. Uh, these, wire. yeah, <laughs> these are uh, still a little little sketch, but they're definitely more solid. And when people get whipped into these guardrails, man, it's, it's like an explosion. It's so loud. It's fantastic. Like I you really it. feel like they're you really feel like they're destroying the sound barrier every time they get thrown into it. It's fantastic. I love it. Oh. Too. It's so good. Yeah, and they're really uh, playing. To, it's like it's almost like a meme to them because right in the beginning, BJ whips Moff into three corners outside into the into the guardrails, goes for the fourth one. But Moff counters and throws BJ into the last one back in the ring. You got Moff just dropping BJ on his head with a half and half. It's kind of a theme throughout this show. Mm -hmm. uh, a, lot, a lot of people were getting dropped on their heads, but uh, which maybe negates the uh, advances in medical knowledge. But it is what it is. Well, I mean, they have the knowledge. Maybe they just don't give a shit. But so so we got much. a muff. Goes for the burning hammer onto BJ, but BJ counters into a German. Uh, BJ goes to the top rope, but Allison Danger gets up as as Muff distracts the ref. Allison Danger crotches BJ in the top rope. She slaps him on the ass. That's what she does. She He's up on the top uh -huh. rope, and she just puts both her hands, and she slaps him right on the ass, and he goes, womp. So That's you, what she does. So she wasn't trying to interfere in the match. She just wanted a nice grab of that BJ. There, mm, mm. Yeah, let's call it. Let's let's go with that. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> moving on. So we got Moff 
hitting a uh, burning hammer onto BJ for the win. So Danny Moff gets the win and uh, got a little hullabaloo after the match. But as far as the opener, what do you think of it? Uh it was it was fine. I have um, I have a natural aversion to Dan Moff ma- matches now uh, because of the stuff that happened with him with with, uh, with speaking out and uh, the investigation mm-hmm. that Ring of Honor conducted while he was still under their employ and then decided to release him. Um, and I mean these are these have been there's been stories regarding Dan Moff for years. At this point, uh, he had a huge falling out with Homicide. Uh, they were they used to be pals and the, regarding well look just google it you know i yeah, don't necessarily yeah. want to talk about it uh so you know it's like and especially danny you know calling him danny sort of feels like hey you know he can be your pal kind of thing it's like i don't want dan moff to be my pal it's I don't just want danny. Moff to- come on come on war dog it's just danny no no that's the thing so so but uh, you know you know trying to be as objective as possible i think the you know a, 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 a fine, it was an okay opener. It was, it was you know, a good curtain jerker. Nothing to write home about. Yeah, I agree. Um, almost kind of just sets up the segment here. So Julius, as you know, Dan Moff is in the ring. Julius Smokes comes back out. We got some more Julius, just what you were looking for. Comes out with a... Uh... <laughs> you got an issue? You got an issue with Julius Smokes? <laughs> no, because no, it's funny because... This is the because th- it, it ties in because he starts cutting his promo right on 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 Dan Moff, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there and and I don't understand a word he's saying. <laughs> yeah, I legitimately don't. But the funny thing here is that commentary is on my side. CM Punk is like, I don't know what this guy just said, <laughs> it's like, because I didn't understand a thing he was saying. No. I understood exactly one word, and I'm not going to repeat it. But <laughs> <laughs> I think I know which word you understood. Yeah, yeah. go yeah. Uh, go. You know, revisit the archives if you're listening. You'll you'll understand. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Julius Smokes comes out here. He has a, a, a hit squad shirt. He's throwing it in Danny Moff's face. Like how how could you how could you turn your back? Because it's like a whole crew of guys, and it's pretty much Moff turning his back on all his buddies, including Low Key, who comes out wearing a sling. So I guess he injured his arm. It's like there was a frontier wrestling show before this, which is in uh, London. And I guess Loki injured his shoulder or arm there and um, says that one day, once I'm healed, I'm going to fight you, Moff. And then if you don't be wearing the colors of the prophecy and all that shit, uh, then Loki turns his attention to Julius Smokes, says Ring of Honor is not a place for thugs. And uh, Julius takes his shirt off for some fucking reason. I wish he didn't. Uh, Homicide comes out to break it up. Cause, uh, you know, Julius and Loki are about to come to blows. And then uh, you know, Loki's like, Homicide, you need to focus. You need to get rid of smokes. You need to get rid of this thug. And then Trent Acid comes out. Hits Homicide with this. There's so much going on here. Big boot to Homicide. And then runs away. I guess commentary says, or Gabe says, they've been feuding. At Big Japan, I think is what he said. Some yeah, Japanese promotion be. they've been feuding for, I guess, a junior title. So I guess that was just no, all no, that was didn't for. He say new, what is it? New Japan, he said? Wasn't it? I'm it, pretty sure. Didn't he say New Japan? It might have been. I'm pretty sure Trent Acid went for... I, I'm pretty sure when, uh, Trent Acid had a bit of a run in Japan. Yeah. I, have to, I, might be, I might be talking through my hat here, but you can check it out. <laughs> I know. think they all kind of just popped around everywhere, but... Um, yeah, give, give it a goog. Yeah, just really quickly. Um... It, uh, you know, it was that, that's one of the things here too. It was nice to see 
Trent Acid as well, you know, because uh, yeah, we we all know how how history turns out, and uh, so you know that was that was fun too, you know, to be able to to see it to to see him and uh, in some good years, you know, the backseat boys, the backseat boys. I don't see anything relating to uh, so yeah no I I thought he had said New Japan. You're right, it was Big Japan. It was Big Japan. I thought so, because I remember thinking that was... I've never watched Big Japan. I've heard of Big Japan, and I always think, oh, it's probably a bunch of big people there. But then they're talking <laughs> about, <laughs> like, big Japanese people. That's In my head, that's what Big Japan is. But apparently there was some sort of cruiserweight junior title there, which is sounds like an oxymoron sure. to me. But, um, well, anyways, so after that... So throughout the, throughout the show, this show some highlights from what they call an ROH showcase event, which I don't know if that's uh, just like the pre-show of this show or what, but uh, and they show a tag team match between Slugga and Hydro versus the team of Dunn and Marcos and, you know, Slug and Hydro get the win. Jay Lethal gets the win with an assisted splash headbutt off of Slugga, who's a big Rastafarian fellow is how he's been described. Uh, and then we got Alexis Lurie versus Persephone. Little Mickey James action in mm-hmm. Ring of Honor. Uh, just pretty much just some highlights of the match, but women's wrestling in Ring of Honor. I mean, shit, they didn't introduce the women's title till a couple years ago. So <laughs> 2003, we're a long ways away from it being taken seriously. Although they had Absolutely. Shimmer. Wasn't Shimmer like the sister promotion to Ring of Honor? Or to, mm, to, I don't know if it was a sister promotion per se, but they were uh, featured on some shows. I know. Yes, I think yeah, I think they did run in same circles. Let's put it that way. I don't know if it was officially a sister promotion. Yeah. Did you have any thoughts on the uh, Mickey James or any of those uh, those highlights? They're pretty quick. I was gonna say they were pretty quick and good. Good for them. Yeah. <laughs> good for them indeed. <laughs> But it's funny because it's kind of funny because, you know, one of the things is, you know, you'd buy the tapes for this, right? Like, I mean, you know, you'd buy the yeah. tapes and then you'd have like these showcase matches, which are just like tidbits. And you're like, OK, you know, you could have put the whole match on the tape, really, uh, yeah. if you wanted to. One thing. And the second thing is, you know, airing their next shows in Philadelphia and so on and so forth. I thought was really funny because you're like, regardless, regardless of when you end up getting, you know, the DVD of this show, the the Philadelphia show that you're announcing for next month has probably already happened. You know, right. <laughs> I thought that was funny. And so I, I grew up with VHSs, so I don't want you to think that I'm a young boy and don't know what VHSs are. I'm wondering, do you think there's like a time limit for because it's like a finite, it's like a physical maximum oh, they could put on a VHS and maybe the DVDs have to be the same. So I'm wondering if that's why there's if there's like some sort of limit to that. Well, uh, no. yeah, there, 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 there are physical limits to both. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, obviously, obviously, the CD, the, the DVD could contain a lot more data. Uh, the, well, a two disc you know, set. That could, that could be. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy seven on the on the uh, on the PS one was like what on four discs or something. Right. Like that. Wow. Something, that something like you just that. unlocked a core memory in my head. Yeah. That, that was crazy um, back in the day. So, yeah, you know, there, there's a finite to everything. So, yeah, that's actually a pretty good thought right there. Well, a couple of guys that don't have good thoughts. So we got Tony Mamaluke versus Jason Cross. So uh, another theme of the show, at least for me, is that there are a lot of matches. When I saw the names, I was like, I don't really give a fuck about this. But they would win me over in, in the match. Sure. And that was kind of the case with this match. So Jason Cross, 
who uh, I did some research on him. He did a little bit of stuff in TNA, like in the very early days, like the first couple of years. Uh, he was actually on the first TNA pay-per-view, like the first proper pay-per-view in 2004. Um, Tony Mamaluke, of course, of FBI fame. And yep. uh, at this point, because there was in the, the first year of Ring of Honor, little Guido was there with them and they were actually feuding. But at this point, he is now in WWE as Nuncio. So mm-hmm. Tony is uh, running solo here in Ring of Honor, kind of uh, you know, getting away from the character aspect and being more of a, uh, a wrestler. And uh, but yeah, I like this match. It was, you know, two guys, uh, Jason Cross, a high flying guy. He did some like he did like this. Imp- well, he this impressive deadlift suplex to counter an arm bar and then did a twisting. That was dope as hell. He just yeah. tosses him. That was dope as hell, actually. That's something that I'm looking at today because, you know, everyone does that spot these days, right? Everyone uh-huh. does that spot where they're like, you know, I'll lift you out of the power bar and then I'll pound you. But then I'm like, why don't you toss him then? I see this and I'm like, start right. tossing fools. That's That would really be cool. Yeah, it looked really good. Yeah, I wasn't <laughs> sure what to expect from Jason Cross, but he impressed me. Um, you got Tony busting out a, uh, a rope hung DDT from the top rope, which looked mm-hmm. nasty. And then uh, I don't know how much uh, NXT 2.0 you watch nowadays, but uh, Grayson Waller has been. Uh, yeah, me too. Grayson Waller has been busting out this like flipping unprettier where he does a front flip from behind the guy into a kill switch. I guess the Christian does. And I saw it and I was like, man, I've never seen anybody do that. Well, in 2003, we got Jason Cross doing it. Uh, looked, it was very like, because uh, Christian was doing it at this point, but man, he added a twist to it. Got some brain busters. Apparently, Jason Cross's finisher is a shooting star leg drop, leg which drop. is absurd. <laughs> that, <laughs> can you do that's a shooting a, star leg drop? I, I, if I can do it, no, no, I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> but. <clears throat> It's crazy when you think like just the amount of control, you you know, when, when beautiful Bobby Eaton passed away, you know, everyone put over his, you know, the, the Alabama jam, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's like, no matter how many times Bobby Eaton did it, you know, he never hurt a guy, you know, and he never, ever injured a guy and it, you know, because you do have to have a certain amount of control, right? Now imagine mm-hmm. doing an Alabama jam, but in the meantime, you're like flipping forward, right? Yeah, I mean the the amount of con- it's 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 risky. The amount of control you have to you have to do, and especially if you're le- like technically a leg drop needs to be, you know, around mm-hmm. the throat area, upper upper chest. So because the idea is like you're cutting off circulation for a bit, right? That's the that's right. the, the thing you're cutting off your not circulation but uh, breathing, respiratory breathing. Your, 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 uh, respiratory system. So you have to sort of land here. So if you're doing you know. You don't want to land on the dude's face either. You know, it's like it. it I would have liked to have seen his finisher. We didn't quite get to see it, but uh, I think, it, you know, I was like, really? Okay. Well, uh, we saw always saw an attempt, which is, uh, you which know, is gave, gave me what I wanted, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's funny because the, the closest thing I can think of is when Too Cold Scorpio used to do the, the moonsault leg drop. Which uh, mm-hmm. but too, too cold would land on people's heads all the time. He didn't care. He didn't, he didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> Still doesn't care. But anyways. <laughs> uh, but ultimately, uh, Tony Mama Luke wins with a slick looking superplex right into a, a guillotine choke for mm-hmm. the tap out. So uh, Tony Mama Luke wins. And uh, yeah, pretty fun match. I enjoyed it. I thought I thought it was fun. I thought it was really good. Uh, a strong match between the two. Um, and you know, a lot of this, you know, this, this match aged well, it's, it aged very, very, very well. 
they're doing this in 2003 and we are you know almost uh, almost 20 years later at this point and this is the kind of shit you see uh pretty much all the time now yeah i mean ring of honor really set the tone for today's style for sure and you see Absolutely. even you know random matches like this you can see that exactly uh i have a question is it guillotine or guillotine i because because i have a you know i speak french on top of english i would have a tendency to say guillotine ah, okay as opposed to guillotine you know it's like right. go you know gorilla or gorilla no that's not that's not <laughs> that's uh, tortilla or tortilla yeah right. exactly exactly but i i i yeah i i i usually say uh guillotine guillotine mm. Because I said guillotine the other night and my fiance laughed at me like it was the most ridiculous thing she ever heard. Wow. But I told her it was like, tell her what? I'll relay the message. Seriously, tell her to dial it back. She starts laughing. Hang on a second now. Hang on a second. Why don't you cool your tits, madam? That's what I'll say to her. Really, really show her (laughs) who's boss. Exactly. And I, or yeah, madame you. is it madame or madame get That's, we better get this shit straight first though call, call we, in what what do you think madame or madame <laughs> <laughs> really really hitting the hard-hitting questions here god damn Bob. right oh man too hot for tv but well oh shit well that's kind of a bad segue into this next segment so we got rob feinstein here he's backstage and, and uh, I just, I, I, like my, I could feel my body crisp up when I saw <laughs> his face. I was like, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. But yeah, he's the boss, right? I'm sure is. Um, my, he's not the most ridiculous thing in this segment somehow because Iceberg walks up to him. Is a, of, I think he was in NWA as well. Uh, bald fella, big fella. He, uh, he walks up to Rob Feinstein and he says, you know, thank you for the opportunity. The opportunity. Thank you for booking me on the card because it's a back shot of Iceberg. And then Iceberg turns around and starts walking away. And you see he has thumbtacks in his forehead in the shape of ROH. <laughs> and there's quite a few. It's not like, you know, four oh, no, or yeah. six per letter. You know, no, there's. There's, uh, you know, there's an expenditure. I would, I, I would have to do an exact recount, but I would say between twenty to thirty thumbtacks were used in the oh, production easy. of this segment. Mm. <laughs> you just think, like he's like doing it, and he like finishes the R. He's like halfway through the O. Do you think he's like? Do you think he feels like a silly goose as he's doing this? Now, what? Okay, so the idea is, did he do this in a way to say thanks? Is this some kind of weird ritual? You know, uh-huh. where, where let's say he gets booked, let's say he were to get booked, you know, at total nonstop action. Now, would he go right. see, let's say, uh, I don't know, Jeff Jarrett back in the day or, 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 or Vince Russo, depending on, and to thank them, he has total nonstop action in his forehead, hmm. you know, I mean, is that just a way for him to, you know, to, to show his appreciation, you know, kind of like some kind of weird mating ritual like tropical birds you know when they start showing off their plumage you know maybe is this the type of thing that he does now the second question that that brings on is Uh does he do this himself if so i appreciate Uh the dedication that means like he goes into a public washroom and he's got his little his tin i would assume a little tin of thumbtacks right Mm -hmm. and he starts punching them in and you know uh you know and i dread i would dread walking into a bathroom then seeing a guy doing that 
because then I'd, I'd walk away. Or does he have someone help him? Oh. Does he have someone do that for him? Right? Because there's, 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 it's very precise. He got the letters down perfectly. You know, uh, the, the could the spelled it right. There. Imagine he finishes it like, oh, nerds, I need to redo this. <laughs> Whoops. Oh, Bob's your uncle. I missed the letter. <laughs> or, you know, he, he, he messes up. He gets an indie booking, you know, and he thinks he's at PWA. But, you know, <laughs> but he's like, oh, it's P. Oh, it's. Oh, it's TWA. Oh, shit. And then he has to start over the P, you know? Yeah, like, that's the whole thing. That'd be very embarrassing. Yeah, like that very that embarrassing. would make him look silly if he, if he had the wrong letters. But he has the right letters here, so he seems like a stand-up guy. Yes. Can be any worse than Rob Feinstein. You know what? That's a fact. That is a fact. But something tells me from this iceberg fellow that he's probably not the cleanest. He doesn't have the cleanest record of... Uh, well, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to disparage the name of Iceberg, but I don't know him. I'm not going to disparage the 600-pound pain train for no reason. Was it the I pain train or the no pain train? I, I think th- you listen- Maybe it is no pain train. Either he feels no pain. That's why he has all the thumbtacks thumb in his I, forehead. I, I, think, I think that's the thing, right? You might be oh, right. There's a, lot, there's a lot of icebergs here. When you type in iceberg, does this fella come out as <laughs> the first? <laughs> he doesn't come out as the first. Uh, hang on. Hang on, hang on. Uh, no, we got to know. Yes. People are back and forth. I, I feel like it was the no pain train he was referred to as. That would make sense. Let me go check on the cage match. Would it make sense? Because I, I, I wasn't sure if I got it. I was, See, I, I thought sure. 600 pounds would be the sticking point, but I guess not. <laughs> Using the same scale as Crash Holly. Uh, it is the... No pain train. It's pretty cool. He, he was. He's also referred to as the being of inconceivable horror. Ugh, it's a mouthful. But I mean, it just rolls off the tongue. Put that on a t-shirt. Yeah, I will. I will. <laughs> Listen, man. When you're a man, you can't wrestle. You look horrifying. You gotta find a gimmick. Man, I guess he he was trying something here. Uh, it's him was, versus, uh, he was doing he, his damn best. I'll tell you that he, he, he was using what, what God gave him. He last wrestled in 2018 and, and he, and he retired. Is he still alive for, for yes, he's still alive. That's a he shame. wrestled for platinum championship wrestling out of Porterdale, Georgia. That's I, I'm shocked not only that he's alive, but that he was wrestling as recently as four years ago. That yeah, that exactly. blows my mind. What if he but just got in like really great shape and just became like a like a work rate guy? <laughs> what, what, exactly. What if what if we're missing out here, Kyle? What if we're, we're sitting here going like, look at this fat dude who was trained by Abdullah the Butcher. <laughs> <laughs> look at this guy. And now he's like work rate phenom. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, it was not. Uh, phenomenal this match because he was in that segment with rob feinstein the the outcast killers came in they're like hey man hey rob robbie f why are we given these opportunities and he's like well you want an opportunity go wrestle that guy and they're like oh man because he's very scary uh so iceberg goes out there i think it's at first it's just him versus omen tortuga and uh it's a very quick match thank god not quick enough though uh iceberg hits the beach break and then a senton 
for the win. So it's a quick squash. And uh, <laughs> did did you notice the did, when he won? Did you notice the Ring of Honor audience? Is it an audience or a crowd or an audience or a universe? The Ring of Honor universe? I think it's the did Ring you, of Honor universe. Yeah. Did you hear them? What did you hear? What they were chanting to him? Something tells me that they weren't fans of this fella. They, uh, they really were not. They were saying, Don't come chant. back. Don't, Don't come, come back. Come back. It was like <laughs> that's fantastic stuff. Because I feel like "Please Come Back" is a very common chant nowadays. I don't feel like I remember hearing it a lot back then. You know what? I feel we're nicer as audiences this recently. Like I, yeah. you know, but and I'm not talking like even like. Look, 2016 was WrestleMania 20, right? Right? If I'm not mistaken. 20? 20 was uh. No, no. What like, am I talking about? 2005 or so, 2004. Well, hang on. Well, I'm th- sorry. Maybe I got my WrestleManias confused. I'm thinking about the one with uh, the, the 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 Goldberg Rock match. Yeah, that's is it uh, that one. Twenty. Yeah, that was two thousand. That's twenty. Okay, so that's my point pretty is pretty close to this. Yeah, no, my point is moot then. No, but I feel we. I feel like recently where we've been, we're nicer to audiences. You know, we'll, we'll no, chant out, "This is awesome" to people yeah. hitting moon salts. You know, it's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> take it easy there, pal. Well, no, that, that that does go to your point, because we're still in the same time period and people are flipping off Goldberg and Brock Lesnar for having a match. So people are dicks it, back then. Is yes. The uh, yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. Wasn't. Yes, exactly. That's the point I was trying to make. <laughs> Don't come back. So, yeah, and we'll see if he does. Uh, but then Diablo Santiago, the partner of him and Tortuga comes out and uh, Iceberg gives him like. It's like if you just walked up to somebody in the street and tried to give him a German suplex, like that's what this was. And like a shoot German suplex, just drops him right on his head. And then Iceberg pulls out a pointy stick. Yep. He was ready to go full Abby on him. Not a shank, not a knife, a pointy a stick. stick. A pointy stick. A pointy stick. Well, it was a, a stick. Pointy. It was a pointy mm-hmm. stick. It was very pointy. Mm-hmm. Can't say it wasn't. Um, so everybody runs away and Iceberg's in there with his pointy stick. Next match. Uh, <laughs> something a little different, a little change of pace. We got Tom Carter, formerly known as Reckless Youth. Yeah. Versus Matt Stryker. Not that one. A different one. Matt Stryker with a Y. And uh, a little... Might stri- Matt Stryker with the unibrow. It's yes. that one we're talking about. Very, very good. Yes. And a hefty unibrow at that, too. A Man, very, uh, very good one. P- p- punk. CM Punk was not uh, very... Uh, because Gabe was like, oh, well, what do you think of this guy's unibrow? And Punk's like, gives a shit about his unibrow. Let's watch him wrestle. <laughs> really just sandbag this joke. <laughs> oh, it's so good. But uh, yeah, kind of highlighting the pure division here, which is just kind of starting to get, get off the ground. There's no title yet, but they're definitely there's like a segment in divisions that's starting to form here. Um, you familiar with Reckless Youth or, or Matt Stryker? Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, yes, both. Um, uh, that's when I was, like I said, when I was dipping my toe into tape trading and you know obscure stuff. Uh, Reckless Youth would be a guy that'd pop up quite a bit, you know, and he's definitely a guy who, uh, to this day, is doesn't, you know, I think like if you know, you know uh, how right. important he was to the independent scene in the '90s and how he did help define a style. Um, but you know, like. He's a guy who will probably never wrestle again. Like I think, I think he works. Like I think he's he has like a VP 
position in a retail company like you know some uh, really yeah no no like while he was wrestling he was studying to be an accountant kind of thing you know it's like he knew that, that okay. this wouldn't be forever but this is a guy who helped rev revolutionize you know uh bringing the junior uh style of wrestling from japan into the united states and making it something that you want to pay money to go see on the indies that was his that was his calling card that was his thing he's uh, right. He's crucial to uh, to most of the guys who wrestled in Ring of Honor at that time. Who saw what he was doing it was like, "Hey, we can do this. We can we can change this around. We can you know mold styles." But he was uh, he was absolutely critical. Reckless Youth is one of the uh, uh, one of the most important figures on uh, on the '90s independent circuit and into the 2000s because he co-founded Shikara. He's one of the co-founders of uh, oh, really? uh, of Shikara. Yeah, absolutely. So like. You know, he had a few matches there, uh, but, you know, and then, and then he eventually just went away. And I don't think he has any interests in ever coming back, which is a shame because if he did, you know, if mm -hmm. he, you know, if he ran into a, if he ran into a, a, a big time wrestling nerd who had tons of money from his NFL owner father. I know one of those. He, well, there you go. Well, give, give Reckless a call then because Reckless then could probably get his flowers nice and proper. Yeah, I was, about, I was about to ask, do you think he was a little bit before his time? Oh, absolutely. Youth? He is absolutely a trailblazer. He's a guy, you know, like uh, like Sarah Del Rey for the women. You know, it's like it's people yeah, yeah. that uh, people that that really did knock down the walls that were trying out stuff that were talented enough to make it work and show people like, look how look how cool this is uh, and get people excited about it so that everyone else could run. Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Matt Stryker, definitely another guy that uh, early on in Ring of Honor established that style. Oh, absolutely. Not to take anything away from Stryker. He's yeah. fantastic as well. For sure. And because uh, the first time I saw Matt Stryker, it was a few shows before this. I was like, OK, it's just a generic cradle wrestler number two guy. Um, but man, he's him and Tom Carter, this match. I mean, this match, it was a lot of chain wrestling in the beginning. It built to something. But man, by the end of it, I was all in I, this, this match. I mean, arguably, I mean. I mean, main event's probably my match of the night, but this was up there. It was a damn good match. Anything in particular stick out to you in this one? Oh, uh, I, I, th I thought that this was this was the smoothest match of the night. And for me, this was my match of the night. This is the yeah. as much as I liked the main event. Don't get me wrong, because I thought it ruled like it's it, it was right up my alley. Uh, this one was absolutely fantastic. You know, it's like just everything everything that they that they weaved through and got you know. Uh, Everything they were they were able to weave in and out really so smoothly uh, yeah. with everything every move they did it was just fantastic stuff. Um, I I really liked you know Striker tries to go for a Death Valley driver, uh, Carter reverses it into a crucifix, but then mm. Striker rolls through it and hits the DVD anyway. That Shock, was yeah. that was awesome. That was really really awesome. And uh, I think the spot of the the, the spot of this match. Uh, the um, striker sets Carter up for an avalanche Death Valley driver because mm -hmm. the Death Valley driver only, you know, he covered, but he only got two. Carter reverses. So as he's doing the DVD, Carter in the air reverses the DVD into a DDT mid air and the crowd is up on their feet. It's absolutely yeah. fantastic. 
though the crowd was super into this match. I mean, the, those spots were amazing. And there, there was like one point in the match where, you know, they're trading roll ups back and forth, back and forth. Seems like it's going forever, ever. But they somehow keep bringing out new ways to roll each other up into pinfalls and they just keep going. and Everything's so smooth, like you said. And eventually they both get up and they one of them just punches the other guy. And they both collapse and then the crowd like gets to their feet and is like, you didn't see crowds react to that super. Now it's very commonplace. Like we mentioned, like people give this is this is awesome chance to anybody. But uh, the crowd is really into it. They're really respecting the style of wrestling. Two relative. They're not unknowns, but they're not, you know, being put in the main event. They're not being on this kind of pedestal as main eventers at this point. But and I would I would assume the Ring of Honor crowd would have known who Reckless Youth was. Yeah. You know, because there there were Reckless Youth chants in the audience. Mm-hmm. Right. I wouldn't say they were like. You know, but I would assume I would assume that the smarter fans back then would have at least known who Tom Carter was. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, but ultimately, uh, Tom Carter. This was goes, his debut, right? It was his Ring of Honor. Wasn't that what they said? It was his first match in Ring of Honor, right? It was his first singles match for his Tom first Carter. Match. He was in a uh, four-way a previous show, but this is okay. his first proper singles match. Um. But yeah, towards the end, Tom Carter goes for a reverse cloverleaf. So uh, anybody listening, it's kind of what Rhea Ripley does. Uh, but Matt Stryker counters into a roll up for the win. So Matt Stryker gets the win. Uh, really fun match. But Tom Carter is not too happy. He doesn't want to shake hands. And as you know, the code of honor uh, says that you must shake hands with your opponent. I mean, you, you abide by the code of honor every day. I know you do. Oh, you yeah. Poster oh, of it. Absolutely. Yes. And uh, <laughs> Top Carter, he said that was a cheap victory. I don't know how it was cheap. Kind of pinned him in the middle of the ring. But he's, he says that he cheated or whatever. Um, and the, he challenges Matt Stryker to a, a tap out match at the next show, not a submission match, a tap out match. Uh, Matt Stryker accepts on the condition that Tom must shake his hand. And it's at this point where Allison Danger comes out of the prophecy. She urges Tom Carter not to shake Stryker's mm-hmm. hand. And mm-hmm. she urges him to join the prophecy because that's kind of a running thread throughout the show that Daniels is trying to recruit more people into his faction. He's on a recruitment run. Yeah. 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 He's, uh, yeah. It's, it's rush season, apparently, for the prophecy. <laughs> Who would have thought? But, uh... So, yeah, and the prophecy's whole thing is they don't abide by the code of honor. They don't shake hands. They hate shaking hands, I, w- I would go to say. Um, so it's pretty much does Carter choose the prophecy or does he choose to shake Stryker's hand and get this rematch? And he shakes his hand, match Stryker's hand. So I guess they will have a, a tap out match at the next show or sometime next month. But um yeah. Anything else on that? I think we pretty much covered it. No, I, I think uh, fun little angle to set up. Clearly, you know, I, this is, you know, again, this is the kind of thing that uh, this is the kind of booking I like, you know, where you're going to get a really great match a little bit out of nowhere, yeah. you know, maybe not expecting it to be this good. And then I let's do an angle. And the next match we're going to do, we're going to up the ante. We're going to go, you know, we're going to go one right. higher here. I like it. I, uh, I'd actually... I'm, I'm probably going to seek that match out to see how all of this wraps up because this was a really good match. I really enjoyed it. For sure. Yeah, that's kind of Ring of Honor, how they've kind of progressed um, since their first year because 2002 Ring of Honor can be very much just wrestling, 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 like just kind of random super match kind of stuff. 
And now they're getting to the point where they're doing promos and angles like this. Like, I don't know if Matt Strecker's ever gotten a promo segment before or anything. And, and while the promo, it was whatever. I don't think it was terrible, but it, wasn't, it didn't blow me away necessarily. But they're, they're doing stuff. They're building characters. They're building storylines. And they're kind of working their way towards where Ring of Honor would eventually be. So I do yes. like that aspect of it. Uh, speaking of Ring of Honor things that they were known for, the scramble match. So we got a four-way scramble match here. We got the Briscoes versus the Second City Saints, the team of CM Punk and Colt Cabana. Ooh. Uh, of course, accompanied by Daphne, a.k.a. Lucy, is what she's going by here. Lucy uh, Fur. Lucy Fur. Oh, like Lucifer. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> versus the Carnage crew versus Special K being represented by Dixie and Izzy, of course, uh, with Slugga. With, we can't forget Slugga on the outside. Slugga's there, yeah, of course. Yeah, very, very instrumental. Um, but the match starts to get underway and it's interrupted because uh, apparently Gary Michael Capetta has a scoop backstage. <laughs> Actually... <laughs> No, that's actually not true. They cut to Gary Michael Capetta looking for a scoop. He doesn't even have a scoop. He just cuts back to this asshole. What if he didn't have a scoop? What if he didn't find a scoop? You're a scoopless dick. So, but like in the format of the show, I'm just thinking like in the format of the show, they're running that. They have it on paper. They're like, okay, so uh, segment eight, uh, Gary, you have to have a scoop. And Gary's like, what? Yeah, till segment eight, you have to get a scoop. And he's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? You know? Yeah. Well, luckily he runs into Smoa Joe backstage and uh, Joe's like, hey, you looking for a scoop? Well, I got a scoop for you. So he goes into the locker room. That's uh, luckily right there uh, where Danny Moff is getting undressed, I guess, or whatever. Taping his knee, untaping his knee. Smoa Joe walks up behind Danny Moff and knees him in the head. Most beautiful thing I saw of the evening. That was fantastic. Gary Michael Capetta sold this like he just went in there and shot him in the fucking face. <laughs> True. Oh my god! Somebody call somebody. Has one knee. Like we've seen people get powerbombed on their heads several times already on this show. Like isn't that a little worse? It's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. Uh, well, apparently he was sent to the hospital with a broken jaw. But that's a whole thing later. Mm. But uh, yeah, kind of you know furthering the prophecy versus uh, I feel like the prophecy is involved in like three different storylines at this point. I kind of honestly get mixed up. But uh, somebody's mad at the prophecy. Apparently Joe is. So. Uh, but yeah, the match. Now we're back to the match. Now, now we cut back to the match. Now, now the scoop is over. The scoop is scooped. And uh, lots of unique offense in this match as per any scramble match. Kind of, you know, starts off, you know, one birth or two people in the ring. You tag out, all that stuff. And of course, it always breaks down. Uh, I, Izzy, Izzy of the Special K crew kind of stood out to me. I thought he had a lot of, uh, he did like a double, or he did like a backflip double drop kick on the carnage crew guys he did a uh well, he, everybody's just doing planches to the outside corkscrews uh the second city saints punk and colts they go for a doomsday device drop kick mm -hmm. but when uh i think it was punk who drop kicks izzy who's on colt's shoulders izzy carries it into a reverse rana which, which was, was very good yeah um Carnage crew, their finisher is the spike pile driver off the second rope. So they attempt it onto Izzy, but then Dixie makes the save 
and uh, pushes Izzy up so that he can do a Rana onto uh, DeVito, whoever it was holding them. Um, but yeah, lots. I mean, any other spots like kind of tickle your pickle in this one? Mark Briscoe did a Fosberry flop. Oh, yeah. Which was pretty cool. And, and it wasn't, I don't think it had the name Fosberry flop. I think the legend is that it's Mike Tanay on TNA that baptized the Fosberry flop. Oh, is that true? Is that, yeah, I think so. I, I, think, I think that's the first time. I think it's Mike Tanay that called it one time on TNA and it sort of stuck. But the Briscoes in oh. their Harlem Heat gear, in their Harlem <laughs> Heat singlets. Yeah. Bald. Right. Like, you know, like, I'm like, <laughs> no, but like, bald. I understand. No, but, I understand that we're 20 years removed, right? Uh-huh. But yeah. when you talk, look, honestly, Kyle, we t- you think of the Briscoes and like, we're, we're going to see a Briscoes match. You see Wild Eye Mark, right? And Crazy Ass Joe. Uh, not Joe. Why Joe? Uh, uh, Jay. <laughs> the, Jay. The, 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 the lesser known third Briscoe. And they're like, yeah, the, 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 the obscure. Yeah, they're like the Dudleys. They have all sorts of guys. Yeah. And, and the, and, and but yeah, they're kids. Like, Jay looks like one of these kids who, you know, hangs out at the gas station on Friday nights, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, it's, it's just crazy to see how far these guys have come. Like, not only in their presentation, but like stylistically, everything. Mm-hmm. There's nothing from the Briscoes of 2022 that exists in those two <laughs> dudes oh, yeah. that I not, saw not in this even their teeth. They, they had all their teeth. That was, that, that was what, you know, that's what always trips me up. It's like, <laughs> these are the same people. Yeah, Mark actually just turned 18 himself, too. It was probably a couple months ago. He had his first match in Philly. Because Isn't he was 17. <laughs> and Jay's only like, what, babies, a year two man. older than him. Yeah, so. Yeah. Crazy. It's a uh, bunch, bunch of cheerings in this match. Um, but yeah, really good stuff. It's a, it's a scramble, you know. Not, not, yeah. It's not going to be, not a lot of psychology to a lot of it, but lots of fun moves. And that's kind of what Ring of Honor was known for in this time period. Uh, but the finish. Black Owl, the finish. So Colt. Cabana hits the Colt 45 on the Dixie, which is a uh, butterfly backbreaker of sorts on his shoulders. And then Punk has Izzy on the top rope. Pepsi Plunge, which is a top rope pedigree, gives it to Izzy onto Dixie, who's laid out on the ground. Looked devastating. Fantastic. Great finish. Yeah, that, that gives the Saints the win here. And uh, I mean, it's one of the better scramble matches I've seen from Ring of Honor. I mean, uh, for, for I enjoyed it for sure. I'm not a scramble guy. I really am not. Uh, uh-huh. Ring of Honor, GCW. Like I am. I'm not a. I. There will be some that occasionally will blow my mind. Where I'll be like, okay, this was really fun. But yeah. most of the time, you know, I'm. They're fine. Like this was. This was. This wasn't a boring one. It's not on the lower end of my uh, totem of. Scrambled dislikes. Uh, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's not on the lower pegs, but you know it's a scramble match and it's fine. And it was amusing for what it was. Yeah, and you had some competent people in because a lot of times the scramble matches are kind of like the miscellaneous, like the junk yeah. drawer of matches. So you get like all the new people, all the green you people. Know, as much as I love pants. GC, as much as I love GCW, that's often what happens. Like, oh, we're yeah, oh, I'm gonna book a bunch of guys and then they get there and they're okay, boss, what are we doing? Oh, well, you, 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 and you, and you. 
You go in the scramble. Right. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, well, who gives a fuck? Brett put us in the scramble, you know. Yeah, exactly. Kind it of, happens. It happens. So the Saints win. Punk grabs a mic and uh, calls Special K a bunch of pieces of trash because, of course, CM Punk, straight edge, does not uh, does not care for the special Special K and their antics. He uh, he doesn't want to be want to be caught on the the are you his eye cam CM Punk <laughs> does wants none none of it. But he shakes their hands anyways because he still abides by the code of honor. Um, then he starts cutting a promo and we're in the midst of his feud with Raven, who uh, kicked off a few months ago. Raven is not on this show, but he's basically building up. They're, they're approaching their dog collar match. I think it's this is in what May. And I think it's in July, but they have another match in between that. So Punk's building up to that. He says, you know, 10 years, Raven, you started a revolution of your own, a revolution of uh, de- debauchery and drinking and drugs. And all these people watched it and followed you. Oh, there's people that follow me in my straight edge revolution and my revolution was going to destroy yours. It's a really good promo from Punk. It's especially in Ring of Honor when I mean, the bar for a good promo is very low. But CM Punk, man, I mean, and you could see like the MJF influ- influence for sure, just in his mm-hmm. cadence. And I mean, they had the same catchphrase, too. Uh, but my favorite thing. So Punk is cutting this intense promo, really good promo promo my revolution will destroy yours and then copa cabana starts playing because it's cole cabana's theme song in the copa and then punks even's like what the fuck is this music it's great shit great shit did you enjoy that yes and i also enjoyed the fact that he called out ecw hat guy in the audience and he said he called him a piece of trash yeah yeah and i was like oh this is nice i like this okay nice this i enjoy uh, and it was fun. And, and, you know, the, the, you know, Colt was telling him to calm down, you know, it's like, calm, right. He was telling, you know, he was just calm down. He was just blowing him off. It's like, go away, Colt. You know, you're, <laughs> you're not wanted right now. Yeah. No, I don't know. No, this was fun. This was a good, this was a good post, uh, post match. And we wouldn't be done with CM Punk on this, Mm-mm. on this card. Absolutely not. No, sir. Um, so I guess it's intermission at this point. So we got GMC back up back with us uh no scoops this time but he's got bj whitmer interviewing him and uh no but scoops. Chris, <laughs> no scoops gmc as he's known as uh christopher daniels walks up and interrupts him and uh he's pissed off at joe because he attacked his boy moff earlier and uh, so he challenges joe to an empty arena fight after the show this really made me think it was gonna be like a really significant like a full like i'm thinking halftime heat like it's gonna be a whole match but it's literally like a 30 second little scuffle in the end, but, um, but before that, we got John Walters versus Andy Anderson. Warren, tell me what, what's your favorite John Walters match? Um, my, my favorite, my I favorite, I uh, hear your keyboard. <laughs> my, no, my, my favorite John, my, fa- my favorite John Walters, uh, match is, uh, the one where, uh, where he does comfortably numb, Oh no, that's not the same guy. That's a that's <laughs> that's another guy. Uh, no, brother, let's let's be serious. Let's come on now. We don't know who these guys are. We really don't. Uh, no. I don't, I didn't know who these guys were. I looked them up, and they're like, okay, they had very nondescript wrestling careers, and uh, there we go. It was from what I understand, we were back from intermission. You know, I think that that uh-huh. was that was the thing. And this feels this like a match that you would put on during intermission. <laughs> well, you know, the, 
the match that you put when people are coming back from it, like they'll hear the bell, they'll hear the, but yeah, you know, they'll yeah. still be at in concessions, they'll still be outside smoking or, you know, and then, oh, let's get back in, you know? So right. it's, it's not the pee break match. It's the let's get people back sitting down match, you know? Okay. It's a step above it. Yeah, this is like a match. Or you know, is like it? When, <laughs> when you're watching like a sitcom or something and they're at a wrestling event and you just have it in the background, like blurry. Like that's what this felt yeah. like. It was just there to be wrestling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but whatever. One of the guys wins with some sort of move. Uh, next match. What was that? No, but it was a splash mountain, though. A spinning splash mountain, which it was, was actually pretty cool. An Eye of the Storm, as it would an be called. An Eye of the by, Storm. Uh, there we James, go. James Storm. Uh, used to, I don't know if he still does it, but he used to do it. Excuse uh, me. All right. There you <laughs> go. There you, sir. It was a match that happened, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, like I didn't, I didn't recognize it. When I see a match and I don't recognize either, either of the names, I'm like, man, they probably didn't amount to anything. And it or, seems like but, they didn't. Or, or, or what I do is you, 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 you check. You go, you, 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 you pop in the Google and you're like, all right, you know, maybe Andy Anderson turned out to be, you know, John Cena, Fuego del Sol, you oh, know? Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh shit, it's Fuego del Sol. I mean, that's not a good comparison, but you know what I mean? Like, you know, I mean, it could have been, I, I already forget what these guys look like. So I believe you. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <coughs> well, it is what it is. Um, but now we got a four way match. CM Punk's back and he's facing off against Christopher Daniels. Jimmy Rave and yes. Frankie Kazarian. Yeah, great to see Jimmy Rave here, man. Oh, really. just great. Yep. Yeah. He was and, and um, super young, like three years in the business, I think, at this point. Like, oh, he was yeah. Still, he was still super, super fresh. Uh, just, uh, just a great... That made you feel good. This match made you feel good. Yeah. It made yeah, me feel for good. sure. I mean, Jimmy Rave obviously would have a bigger role late in the later years in Ring of Honor. It definitely felt like this match was structured like Punk versus Daniels was the story here. But mm -hmm. then you have Rave and Kazarian there. They have this, you know, they're with these with Punk and Daniels. So it elevates them in a sense. And it's both of their debuts in Ring of Honor. Uh, you know, fun little foreshadowing to SCU, too, which I didn't realize until after the match um, with Daniels and uh, Kaz in there. But uh, yeah, Punk and Rave started out. Uh, you know, they start, you know, chain wrestling a little bit in the beginning, but Jimmy Rave gets the best of punk. So punk says, fuck this, fuck this and tags in, uh, Kaz Kazarian and, uh, you know, Kazarian and Rave go at it for a bit. But man, when punk and Daniels both tagged in at the same time, the crowd popped hard for it. Cause I feel like that's what everybody was, uh, waiting for, because I don't believe they have faced off yet and ring of honor and they are both very much the top heels at this point like they're mm -hmm. the two guys that can cut promos two of the guys that have like legit characters so um seeing them face off was a big moment and um the crowd definitely responded to that but uh match was good yeah like you said jimmy rave always cool to see his like the tilt a whirl cross face uh, a classic from jimmy rave um there's a point where Daniel, because eventually it kind of becomes scrambly a little bit. Everybody kind of just starts doing whatever. Uh, Daniels and Punk, they both hit the ropes at opposite ends of the ring. And both of the women that are with them, Alice and Danger and Lucy, trip each guy. And then Alice and Danger and Lucy for get in the ring and start having a cat fight or what? Oh, no, they don't have a cat fight. No, uh, they're the on men. the verge of. Yes. Right. Building up to that, I guess. Yes. <laughs> they're uh, they're men's. Their manses hold them back. 
Uh, Frankie Kazarian in there looking pretty much like he does nowadays. Amazingly, man doesn't age. Even doing like, the same like the, the leg drop where he like hops over the top and then hops back over and then the springboard leg drop. Frankie Kazarian looking good in there. Um, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of good stuff in this match. Anything uh, pop your fancy? Just oh, great stuff all around uh, for real. Uh, we uh, of note. Uh, CM Punk <coughs> did his, you know, everyone talks about the Pepsi plunge, right? The Pepsi twist. Mm-hmm. But we often don't refer to his welcome to Chicago motherfucker move, which is something he doesn't do anymore. Which one is which that? Which is a double, it's a double underhook backbreaker, essentially. Oh, I didn't know it. What was the name again? Welcome to Chicago motherfucker. Oh, so it's crazy that never translated to WWE. I'm, you know, AEW. Let's go. Let's you know, go. You Tony. guys are already PG. You, you guys are already TV fourteen. What are you waiting for? <laughs> Somebody get TK on the horn. Let's make this happen. <laughs> but it's true. When I saw it, and I think commentary called it. I, I, I don't remember if, uh, if they said the, you know, the motherfucker part. But mm. they did call "Welcome to Chicago." And I'm like, oh shit, that's right. Welcome to Chicago, motherfucker. Right. Um. So that was so that was cool. I thought it was really. Uh, it, fast paced and really cool and I enjoyed the like you said the Danielson CM Punk thing was part of the story Danielson does a Danielson Daniels <laughs> it's all the same Daniels does an uh, an ocean cyclone suplex which is not yes. something you see a lot of and do you know why you don't see a lot of that here's a, why maybe that? a little tidbit the move was originally created by Minami Toyota Mm-hmm. famous uh, women's wrestler in Japan. And uh, she is, of course, extremely well-respected uh, for her craft by men and women. And uh, it is considered good for, like, you know, regardless, right? You hear that a lot, that wrestlers ask for the permission to use another wrestler's finisher, right? Let's say, you know, you'll they'll call, you know, like Taz once bitched about it, right? He never called me to ask if he could use, right, you know, right. that, that kind of stuff. Well, you know, it's like it's accepted. You are supposed to ask Minami Toyota uh, to to use the uh, the Ocean Cyclone Suplex. She will give you permission or not. And if you don't ask permission, that's it's a faux mm. pas. It's very very poorly regarded. So I don't know if Daniels asked permission. Like, was it Daniels you know, or Kazarian that did it? It was Daniels who did it. No, no, it was Kazarian. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. It was Kazarian. Sorry. Uh, it was Kazarian who do it, who did it. So I don't know if he gave her a call or went through intermediaries to get the the permission. But I like I'd have to look at more of Kazarian's uh, uh, offense in Ring of Honor because I don't know if that became a a staple for him if it was a thing. Mm. Because I hope he asked because you don't want you don't want mom uh, you don't want mother mother Toyota to be pissed off at you let me tell you do you think thing. do you think Frankie got an angry Japanese phone call after this match <laughs> maybe he was like oh this is obscure enough to just blow under you know so <laughs> no one will know no one no one will ever tell her but I'm, I'm you know no, no. wrestling out of you know the United States on this really strange show that you can only watch on tape come on no one's gonna see this. <laughs> well that was impressive nonetheless yeah good, no it's good, a good, great good on guess it's a it's a great move, and I think like if I'm not mistaken, like B Priestley before she before she became before she went to NXT UK when she was still in Stardom, I think she did it once, and in an uh, interview had to say, "I got permission from Minami Toyota to do it." You know, it's wow. like, yeah, we, just to clarify, I she's cool with me using the move. 
that that's cool that it has such like a like a legacy to it because like i don't I, I never see this move ever nowadays no. and i guess that's why that's probably why um but ultimately daniels hits the last right on the kazarian for the win so christopher daniels gets the win and um he grabs the mic after the match gives props to jimmy rave and kazarian then he turns to cm punk and asks punk to join the prophecy and uh punk he's like man i smell the fear on you daniels you you could see my saints surpassing the prophecy and you just want me to join because of that well you know what i'll join the prophecy on one condition that you shake my hand and as we all know the prophecy hates hands they uh (laughs) (laughs) they they, they, they're 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 foot fetishists is what it is they can't stand they can't stand you know the fingers and digits and you know no absolutely not no, no, yeah. Like you said, the strictly feet guys in the old the old P, the TP. But uh, Daniel's like, OK, then he does the old, whoop, you know, running it through his hair or his head. Um, but, uh, so he doesn't shake his hand. So Punk isn't in the prophecy. He kind of called his bluff there. So uh, I guess it was more Second City Saints prophecy shenanigans in the future coming out of this. And, you know, if I'm CM Punk, at the same time, right? And I'm seeing like Christopher Daniels all throughout the evening. You should join the prophecy. You should join the prophecy. I'm like, what kind of leadership is this? Is he just like asking people willy nilly? You know, it's like, it seems like, like you know, I, if I want to join a group, I'm like, no, be selective. You know, if, if you're right. picking me, I want to feel special. You know, I want you, I want you to take me out to dinner. You know, I want you to oh, make me feel, okay. I want you to make me feel pretty. That's what I want you to do. <laughs> So you're saying the prophecy is like the uh, the tender of uh, factions. There you go. Do you want to join? Yes. No. Okay. Next. Next. <laughs> you know, like eventually we'll get. Eventually we'll get. Someone will connect. Everyone will. Hey someone man. Eventually will. I think that's a million dollar idea that I just kind of came up with. If it's a <laughs> tender, but with factions. So if you're looking for somebody to join your wrestling faction, fire up old uh, whatever. Whatever you want to call it, faction. Just call it faction. Fuck it. Yeah, just you know. Yeah, exactly. Remove. Look, remove the vowels, right? Right. And then you have modern. And there, yes, and there's the name of it. FCTN fiction. That's right. Right. I'll be sure to cut this part out so that we have we don't you know just give this idea out for free to the listeners. Oh God, we wouldn't want that. To the millions and millions. Um. So, but after that, speaking of factions, we got the Backseat Boys and Special K facing each other. In a match, kinda. Um, so it's very this this match fairly just epitomizes early two thousands indie wrestling to me. You know, baggy pants, a lot of kind of a sloppy match. Um, there's there's some fun stuff. I mean, there's like uh, somersault Look, there's, planches. There's there, there, there's there's Trent Acid. No, just really quickly because it is sloppy. But there is there's Trent Acid and there's Jody Fleisch who are uh-huh. who are a cut above their partners. Like yeah, unquestionably, yeah. like they, no, the, but honestly, they're on. They're they're just working on another level, on another playing field. You know, Johnny Cashmere is what it is. Slim Jim, like we said, he's eighteen. Like you know, he yeah he he, he hasn't even voted yet. You know, kind of thing. It's like <laughs> he's this is the thing. So you've got Trent Acid, who is fantastic. Jody Fleisch was very good, and when they're in the ring together. 
everything just connects and goes and goes and goes. But then when you start mixing the other two dudes in that formula, then you start going, ooh, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah, very much. Um, so we got you know, Johnny Cashmere hits like a made in Japan looking move, the Slim J. Um, the the backseat boys hit the dream sequence, which is like what? Like it's like a drop toe hold and like a like a moodle lock drop kick. I don't know which one. It's it's a whole Something thing. Something like that. A lot, 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 lot of double teamage going on here. Um, Jody eventually hits the 720 DDT on a Trent Acid, which is crazy looking. Uh, but then it all breaks down. The camera follows. Everyone starts fighting in the crowd. <laughs> like Slim J and uh, Jody Fleisch of Special K, they find the scaffold that's in the crowd, which is, uh, I don't know, what, 15 feet up in the air? Easily. Uh, has wheels on it. <laughs> so they're rolling the scaffold over to this like empty area in the, in the back of the crowd. The Special K guys are looking up how tall scaffolds are. No, no, no. I, 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 oh. No, absolutely not. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't um, worry. Oh, I, I would assume that scaffolds have various heights. You can use oh, okay. a scaffold like on a you know a thirty-story building. You know, right? I mean, yeah. I don't think I'd advise it, but you know, <laughs> especially not one with wheels. And uh, I probably wouldn't <laughs> advise Jody Fleisch and Slim J to do that because they climb up to the top of the scaffold, and uh, they both hit moon salts off of the scaffold. On to the backseat boys. And uh, man, cause it's, it's this crazy spot, right? The match, yes. though, has like no heat to it. So it's like it's kind of like a it's like a lull in the crowd. There's not a lot of reactions. And then all of a sudden people are jumping off of 20 foot things and then they react and then it kind of comes back down. They were trying. Yeah, because I, do I, do I, th- I don't think it helped the heat of the match. Let's see. I kind of feel like it, it sort of. I felt it really derailed the match. Like, I feel like it really, really derailed because it was one of these spots where that it didn't feel, it didn't feel like, oh, we're fighting in the crowd, you know, and then, and then we start climbing the, 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 the scaffold scaffold for the spot. Now it's like, oh, we got to go out of the ring to go do the spot. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And then I'm like, uh, okay, oh, you're going, and then. You know, yes, the spot was wild, but it felt super contrived. And I think it, for me, me, I was enjoying the matchup until that point, uh, despite all its its uh, warts. But uh, this <laughs> right. uh, this sort of look, it it took me out of it. I was like, ah, no, this ain't working for me. Plus, Fleisch blew his knee out. Yeah, I couldn't tell if that was for real or if uh, he was just selling it. But I mean, I imagine I mean, jumping off that f- fucking thing. Yeah, I mean, the match pretty much ended right landed. after that. Slim J was caught like the, the his dudes caught him like he landed like flat. Yeah, he almost bro- broke his fucking neck the way he landed, but he yeah he did land on guys. So, um, Fleisch landed on his feet. So I wouldn't be surprised if his if, if he did blow his leg. Very he possible. landed on his feet. Yeah. No, yeah, that that's I, I would bet on that for sure. But uh, they fight back to the ring pretty much right after this. Um, the backseat boys eventually hit the T gimmick, which is like a choke slam with the arms, uh, double team move off the top rope onto Slim J for the win. So the backseat boys get the win here, and uh, yeah, it was, it was it was fun. I guess it was a fun. It was definitely uh, a little clunky, a little clunky. 
Fun, fun double team finisher though. And yeah. I wonder why I, I'm. I wonder why we haven't seen more tag teams use it. Like a, you know, because it, it kind of looked like a, like you said, a, a, a double choke slam, right? Mm-hmm. And and the way they position themselves, they look like a T and off the top rope. I'm like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I know the um, the Wyatt family user, uh, Luke Harper, Eric Rowan. They use that that's as right. their finish. That's right. They. That's did. the only time. That's the only other team that I can think of that used it. You're right. I'm sure there's many other people are probably screaming at us like, oh, this fuck, uh, you know, Parker Bordeaux, well, probably, yeah. Slim J use it. But <laughs> <laughs> if so, I'm all uh, they, they're going to be my favorite tag team. If they do that. You're all in on Harland. If that's oh, what if that's what happens. If they do the T gimmick as their finisher, I'm all in. I'm buying oh, a T-shirt. Give me their merch. I'm going to turn into dark just to see it just because of that. <laughs> man, oh, man. Well, that brings us to the main event. Mm. We have the Ring of Honor world title on the line. And it's a world title now because it was just defended in London uh, against Zebra, something Zebra, Zebra Cakes. I forget who he faced. Uh, Samo Joe, the champion, facing off against Homicide. Of course, Julius Smokes. And uh, man, this match was a uh, I wouldn't call it a work rate match by any means, but it was a fun ass fight. Yeah, it was. I loved it. Ooh, what'd you love about it? Tell me. Just, I like, as much as I'm, as I like to watch guys chain wrestle and, you know, do some reversals and get stretched. And I I really, I love me two guys that are just in there for the violence. that just want Mm -hmm. to beat the tar out of each other. And when they do it as well as these guys did, it makes it all all worthwhile. Because that's what this was. This was, they just wanted to beat the hell out of each other. And that's how it was built. That's how you felt it throughout the evening, you know, with the opening yeah. salvo from, from Homicide. And then, and then Joe earlier on was just like, you know, he's, you know, sneak knee striking people. You're like, okay, these guys, just, they just want to fight each other. There's not going to be anything pretty about it. And it was great. It was a fantastic brawl. I love this. Yeah. Yeah. And built really well, like you mentioned throughout the show. And uh, a lot of good psychology amongst all the brawling and the mm-hmm. suplexing on the necks <laughs> that this match was filled with. It's like uh, in the beginning, starts off a bit tame. You got Homicide. He's, he's doing offense on Joe. Joe's in the corner. Homicide, the much smaller man, sitting him with forearms, but of course not phasing Joe. So Homicide just pokes him in the eye. That popped me when I saw that. Yeah. Um, you got to do what you got to do. He, he's from the streets. I don't know if you heard. Sure, no, exactly. Brooklyn style. Yeah, is that what that is? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. It could be. Sounds like a pizza. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> it's a deli sandwich, you know. So there it is. <laughs> coleslaw on the side. <laughs> Brooklyn style coleslaw. Heard it here first. Sounds that's some Canadian shit I've ever heard it. <laughs> Uh, poutine eating ass, but we got a uh, mm. homicide in there, just kicking Joe in the face. Yeah, Yakuza kicks in the corner, face washes. Um, they fight. So they fight to the outside. So Joe's on the outside. He's kind of recovering from getting kicked in the face. Homicide goes for a baseball slide, but Joe just grabs him and just chucks him into the guardrail. Man, the sound. <laughs> just fantastic. <laughs> uh, the sound sold it, right? It was like, no, the homicide yeah. is dead. 
There's no the, whatever that sound was. It killed him. It was fantastic. It was just great. He just kept killing them, man. He just he, Joe because it's the classic Joe spot where he puts the guy in the corner of the guardrails, sits him on a chair, and does a face wash. But the way his foot hit homicide and connected with the sheet metal of the guardrail again, just more, just excellent. Um, then they get back in the ring. He's got Joe hitting dragon suplexes, German suplexes, just as stiff as can be. Hang on, hang on. Let's let's build this up properly here, right? Because he's because he's got. He he just he just waylaid homicide on 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 the floor like you said belly to bellies him on the floor oh, to course. overhead of course right yes and and commentary puts over the fact this is a basketball gymnasium right it sure this is. is hardwood floor right so you're like oh holy shit homicide is is bleeding not sure if it's hard way or not but he's he's got blood he's got blood on his hand like you know so. When he gets back into the ring, Joe, he's Joe is psychotic at this point. Like you said, a German suplex picks him back up. Dragon suplex picks him up again for another German. You're like, Jesus, he's like, and he's everyone's on dead. their feet. He's, yeah, just stop. Pin the guy. He's done. It was so good. Yeah. The, just, yeah, like the way it built up, it just kept ramping up. Every time he slammed them, it was... He added a a bit of intensity to it, a bit of danger to it. It was just, God, this this era of Samoa Joe. This is something else, man. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. Current TV champion Samoa Joe, crazy. But uh, Homicide eventually fights back. He's a scrappy one after all. It's a uh, tornado DDT in the ring. Uh, he sets up a table on the outside, uh, uh, leans it against the guardrail. Joe, they fight out, out outside of the ring. Joe's laid out kind of in front of the table. Homicide does his classic uh, tope con hilo through the second and third ropes, through Joe, through the table. That was great. Ooh, it's almost like Joe almost it looked like he caught him in a muscle buster, but I don't know. It is what it is. They were both destroyed there, whatever the case is. But then uh, low key comes out once again to cheer on Homicide. And because, uh, yeah, yeah, he's cheering on Homicide in the ring. Joe's got the advantage again. He's kneeing Homicide in the head, just like he did to Moff earlier. Key's like, come on, Homicide, you got to get up. Get the fuck up. And he slaps Homicide in the face. <laughs> homicide starts smiling. The facials on this guy is amazing. Starts smiling. He just gets up after being bludgeoned in the head over and over again, gives Joe a huge Saito suplex, gives him an ace crusher, goes to the top, double stomp, but only a two count. Like, man, if I didn't know that Joe had a two-year run, I would have been like, man, that might be the end of the match. Uh, (laughs) Homicide hits a brain buster on Samoa Mm -hmm. Joe. Mm -hmm. Impressive as hell. And then Joe... Rolls to the floor, and they're really selling this. Like, man, Joe might be actually uh, for real hurt. You know, the old, the old X symbol gimmick. Brings out all, the refs. All, all the refs coming out, checking on him, and then uh, Joe eventually gets back up. He can barely stand. Uh, Homicide sets him up for a superplex, but Joe counters and hits the muscle buster off the second rope. And terrifying because he didn't. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't flat back bump this muscle buster. It was almost vertical. 
<laughs> like just I, how homicide didn't break his neck here. I, I'll never know. But uh, of course, that gives Samoa Joe the win. You have also the element because like Julius Smokes and Loki were arguing on the outside. I think the story is that maybe that distracted homicide. But who knows? But uh, but Joe retains the title and uh, just an awesome match overall. I nothing to nothing to complain about. Fantastic main event. Great, great, great match with two guys who uh, who were hungry, man. Both of them were they were hungry at this point. They just wanted to wrestle and be the best in the world. It was just fantastic. Uh, highly recommended. Highly, highly, highly recommended. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this, this is an era of Ring of Honor, mid two thousand three, where it's starting to get to the point where it's like, okay, this is some this is some classic Ring of Honor stuff, and uh, definitely recommend this match to anybody listening to this. But then. Uh, so after the show, well, so there's like I'm watching this and there's like two minutes left. Right. And I'm like, oh, the show's probably over. It might be like a promo or something. But then it shows Daniels in the ring after the show. I'm like, Oh, shit. I forgot there's supposed to be a whole <laughs> empty arena match fight deal. And then it's a whole thing. I don't know why this tickled me so much. We got Daniels in the ring. He's like, come on, Joe. He's just in an empty arena. Come on, Joe. And then Joe walks through and. So this chair is set up, right? Like where the crowd was sitting. Mm -hmm. Joe didn't have to run through these chairs to get to the ring. But for whatever reason, he does. He just like a bull in a china. And and that's what's important. He chose to do this. He didn't have to. And that's the beauty of it. Joe's like, I'm steamrolling these these, uh, these chairs. No problem. Yeah. Joe's going to kill these plastic chairs. Mm Mm-hmm. So they have a, a little brawl in the ring. It's they're pulled apart very quickly. So I guess uh, building to a future match between those two, maybe their two factions. You know, Daniels cuts the Daniels. I guess later he's in his locker room. He's pissed off and he, he challenges challenges Joe and his group, Steve Carino and all those guys to a match. And uh, I think that's at the next show, but sometime soon that'll be happening. And that's how the show closes. So, uh, yeah, Warren, do or die. Did this show do or die? Uh, I overall, I I think there's enough good stuff on this match to be uh, on this card to be a good one where you're like, I, uh. you will enjoy this evening of wrestling. But, you know, it's not like one that I would recommend top to bottom. Like, I think the main event is special. I think uh, I think uh, 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 Reckless Youth and I keep forgetting his shoot name, Tom Carter. Mm-hmm. And Matt Stryker uh, delivered a fantastic match. I think it's a. Uh, I think it's my, my. I liked it a little more than the main event, but that's not crapping on the main event. That's just how good that other match yeah. was. Um, but you know, there's but there is you know skippable stuff. There's stuff that you can easily pass over. Overall, mm-hmm. though, not a bad show. Not something where not a bad show. I wouldn't call it great, but there's. Two great matches on this on this card here that you can absolutely just right. tune in for. You know, you come for the main event and stay for stay for the CM Punk stuff. You know, because mm-hmm. he's involved in this match quite a bit and he's entertaining on commentary as well. You know, yeah, come and enjoy Andy Anderson and uh, <laughs> John Walters, John Con. What was his name? John Who Walters. Gives a that's shit. It. John you know. Connors, yeah. That's it. <laughs> Come and enjoy all these things. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It felt kind of like a transitionary show, but it was a good sure. one. I mean, the main event stood out as something special, and so Tom Carter versus Matt Stryker, definitely making strides and building that pure division. But uh, Absolutely. 
and 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 yeah transitionary i think is the uh, is the um i think it's a good way to put it where it where it ended up um you know it ended up setting a lot of seeds for future ring right. of honor matches and some some big time matches as well so yeah yeah for sure yeah i got the tap out match coming up you got a uh, you know, faction warfare you got uh you know iceberg i'm sure he's gonna be doing more stuff in the future so that's what people are gonna be paying to see that's what i think <laughs> can't wait to see iceberg pop up in more promotions with various acronyms on his forehead and yeah, exactly <laughs> God, i'd well, love to know how long he did that gimmick i'd really <laughs> like to know how long he did that maybe it was maybe. that one time but jeez I think it's been long enough to where I think you can steal it. Maybe have T yeah, should I call them? W H S on your forehead. <laughs> of course, those acronyms representing the Warren Hayes show, which uh, once again, thank you, Warren, for uh, making the time to check out the show. Come on, talk about it. Where can everybody find you and listen to you and watch you and tickle your nipples? For, well, look, there's a couple of things out of that that you can do fairly easily. Others might be a little more difficult. But thank you very much, Kyle, again, for having me on. Uh, this was a blast. It was an absolute... I love going... Oh, having, having excuses to go back and watch uh, retro wrestling anytime, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for the invitation. Yes, uh, as far as myself, youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes is where I record my podcast live every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, so uh, you can come join me there. You can listen to the audio afterwards on demand, and it's also available in podcast format uh, on all your favorite podcast apps as well. So I basically review the 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 week in wrestling. We talk about uh, talk about th things that happened, things that interested me. So uh, so you can check that out. Plus, it just so happens right now it is uh, New Japan's uh, big event of the year, the G1 Climax 32. It's that time of year. It's G1 season. Uh, started uh, just a couple of days ago. So I will also be doing my coverage of the G1 where I combine two nights of action into one uh, review. So you can come and check. You can subscribe to the channel and get those or subscribe on your favorite podcast app as well. So I'll be doing all of that uh, right up until August uh, 18 is when the finals are. So. Yeah, there you go. That's what I'm doing. Oh, yeah, man. I enjoyed your uh, your your climax preview. I, I just finished night one, so I'm a bit behind. But uh, I'm getting back into G. It's been a few years since I've really been, uh, you know, balls deep into New Japan. But I, I like the like the field of the climax this year, so it should be pretty interesting. Night two has two great matches. There's yeah. two great matches on night two, and it's not the Yano match. Once again, thank you to Warren from the Mister Warren Hayes Show for joining me on this lovely, lovely time. Jumping back in time in Ring of Honor. We got we got a Ring of Honor pay-per-view coming up this weekend, so it's fun to kind of discuss uh, the early days, the foundational days, some may say. Uh, go check out Warren wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as YouTube, does live shows. It's a hoot. It's a hoot. Love a war dog. And, uh, yeah. ApronBump.com for all my full episodes. ApronBump on Twitter. Been posting a lot of TikToks lately. Go join me on the talk. Um, all that in the in the description as well. And yeah, it's about all Daddy has for you today. Uh, have a lovely rest of your week. I never really say that. I kind of just talk about the wrestling and then I dip out on you. But I really do hope that you have a lovely. Uh, 
It seems weird because you might not be listening to this on Wednesday. You might be listening to this on a Sunday. So it's like, well, do I want you to have a, a, a whole week? That's great. Not really. I don't like it that much. Um, have a few days that are good. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Any hoozle, I think that's that's about covers it. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love you all. I'm hard.